Hi, everybody, and welcome to A Land Called Homily. My name's David, and this is my podcast. I'm an Episcopal priest serving a beautiful little parish on the Gulf Coast of Alabama called St. Paul's Chapel. These are my weekly talks from our worship service, so I hope they can be of some help to you. Take what you can use and discard the rest. If you're interested in more of my content or if you'd like to get in touch with me, you can visit my website at davidchatel.com. Thanks for listening. What do you treasure? What do you treasure? Over the last four years, I think we can all agree that we have seen our share of upheaval. (laughs) A global pandemic, natural disasters, social and political unrest, war in the Holy Land, and a continuing conflict in mainland Europe. Have you ever noticed, though, that times of trouble and upheaval tend to lend clarity about what our treasures are? It's not hard to see what refugees and victims of war treasure. We see them on the news talking through their tears about family and love and safety and the future. And there's always an ever-present fear that none of that will return in their lives. Families separated by thousands of miles have no doubt where their treasures lie. No matter how far fathers are separated from sons and daughters, no matter how long husbands and wives are separated, the ties that bind them are deep within their hearts. And the tragedy of their circumstances brings this intense focus to the holy treasures in their hearts. Sometimes treasures seem hidden like that. In plain sight, right under your nose until tragedy strikes. Just a few years ago, a lot of people would have been challenged and hard-pressed to find Ukraine on a globe. Not many people knew who Volodymyr Zelensky was. And suddenly, in the face of an invasion and seemingly insurmountable odds, this country in a part of the world that usually goes unseen captured the hearts and spirits of most of the people in the world through their bravery and resolve. But it wasn't until they were under extreme duress and dire circumstances in the midst of their suffering and pain that we, the rest of the world, found the eyes to see who they really were. Tonight it's necessary for us to remember something that is a little stark The way of Christ, following the life and teachings of Jesus, promises no victory or conquest in this life. At least not in an earthly sense. The honest words of Jesus ring out in the Gospels. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world 
immediately what comes up in my brain is that it's often difficult to realize and recognize when and where this is true. On the surface, the world does not seem to have been overcome by Jesus in many cases. The physical working out of this comforting promise of Jesus seems to be taking its precious time. But if you go slow enough and you look with the right eyes, you can see it in some things. I see Christ overcoming the world in the eyes and in the smiles of babies and children. I see it when I manage to catch a sunset in all of its orange and blue and pink and purple glory. I see it in the way my dog lays his head on my shoulder when we sit together on the couch at night. I see it in the talent of my mother that shines through her paintings that hang on my walls, even though she's been gone for many years now. And if I am brave, if I'm really brave and unashamed, I even see it in myself. Even in the experiences that I regret that cycle through my brain late at night. Sacred scripture says that for my sake and for your sake, the Christ of eternity took human form so that in his humanity we might discover a deep, rooted, and personal connection with God. It sounds too good to be true. It sounds like a fairy tale. But it's right there, plain as day, for all to read, but... We mostly miss it. Wonderful things, hidden, treasures in plain sight that sometimes only come out in extreme duress. I'm reminded sometimes of our gospel reading, when you give, do it secretly so that your left hand doesn't know what your right hand is doing. A little treasure in the eyes of God, whether you, when you pray, go into your room and do it secretly so that nobody sees you. A secret, holy treasure blooming in your heart. When you fast, make sure that you don't run around looking like you're starving. Don't let on. Do it in secret. Folks, we know and are known by God in the secret places of our being sometimes more aware by us than at others. And as we cultivate that secret, it begins to bubble up to the surface. And when life squeezes us and challenges us, suddenly the treasure is there. Tonight, I want to let you in on a secret. When you get right down to it, what we're talking about tonight, ashes, are 
part of what we are made of. We are carbon-based beings. It's one of the most abundant and common elements in the known universe. Even stars are made of carbon. These ashes that we receive tonight connect us to our humanity. They connect us to our mortality, but in a twist that maybe we still don't see coming. Our humanity is something that was so treasured by God that God chose to fill humanity with God's essence. That we might know our belovedness and unity with God in Christ as we exist as holy stardust. So tonight I challenge you. Embrace these ashes. Not as a mark of shame or sin, but as a mark of hope and beauty. Even in the difficult realities, especially in the difficult realities of life. Embrace these ashes as a reminder of who you are. Beloved of God. And embrace them with a full understanding of what that requires of you as you love others from that sacred identity. These ashes tell us that our humanity, which so often seems to hide the fact that the Spirit of Christ has come, overcome the world, is the very vehicle that God uses to unearth the treasure of God's love in our lives. What a gift tonight to remember that we are dust, and to dust we shall return. So on your way to returning to dust, be a light. Be a hope in a world that is starving.